in my opinion, we are at war, and you're either on the side of greed and inequality of a fair start, or you're on the side of an abundant future where people have a connection with the earth and the people close to them. Welcome to the Sprouting Conversations podcast. This is a podcast from the Youth Food Network to support youth to connect and engage with their local food systems. My name is Laja Warren, and I go by she and her pronouns. I am proud to be working within the land that my family has lived within since time immemorial, the Lekwungen Territory. Before I get into this week's episode, I thought I'd start by sharing a little bit about myself and what food means to me, and what led me to making this podcast. I was very privileged growing up, and food was a really big part of my life. My dad was a fisherman, so I grew up trading food for other meat and produce, and my parents recently started growing their own garden, so I started to feel a good connection to food. And being a mix of Lokwangan, Cree, Métis, and Ojibwe, and European descent, I was able to relate to land in a meaningful way and connect through stories of the land and sharing meals with family and cooking with a good heart and mind. This all really, really helped me connect with food. In my youth years, I became really disconnected from food. I saw it as an object and simplified it down to just calories instead of seeing the spirit within food. I can now see how connected my disconnection to food was with my mental health state. I was not happy and I I couldn't see food helping at at all. I just saw it as something that you'd eat to to stay alive. Uh, And then... I began to connect to the land, and this helped me reconnect with my family and myself and my community. By connecting with food and growing my own food, I began to feel my spirit strengthen, and I connected with what sovereignty means to me. I felt in control of my life and my body, and through this reconnection, I was able to walk this world with power and purpose and with my family by my side. And so now I'm here. I'm the Youth Engagement Coordinator for the Youth Food Network, so I support creating projects for youth centered around food, and I get to do fun things like make a food podcast. Besides that, I'm a student, music maker, art creator, and plant lover. In this podcast, we will explore all topics food-related, from conversations about gardening, food waste education, indigenous foods, food justice. This is the place to learn about it all. Here, we can further our relationships with the land and sky and water that nourishes us in so many ways. And so, without further ado, let's sprout some conversation. Awesome. Well, I guess we can just jump right on into it then. Can you start by introducing yourself in whatever way feels right for you right now and what led you to the food movement? Yeah, so uh, my name is Lautaro and I was born in the Netherlands, but I've lived in Canada most of my life as well as like places like Belgium and Australia. Um, I also started a social media page called The Fub. Um I've been a tree planter for some time now. I planted in Canada, Australia, and the UK. And actually, yesterday, I signed a contract to be a mix between a designer slash project coordinator slash user interface dev um, for this business automations company in Vancouver. Um, 
I'm 20 years old and yeah, I'm a strong advocate for the creating of sort of a renaissance and shifting our current economy to a more circular and local one. Hmm, I like your word choice there, renaissance. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, And this, this is just my fun question here. If you could have an infinite supply of one food, what would it be? Mm, uh, I got to say astronaut space food. Um, <laughs> what? I, I don't know. I've, I've never tried it, but I heard the ice cream super popular. <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like in a podcast like this, everyone would be responding with like a nice local like zucchini or something like that. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, and then this next question is just to give the listener more context about who you are and you know where you're coming from with this. What is your relationship with food? Hmm. Yeah, so uh, just to be honest, I, I'd say I still have a very detached relationship with my food. Um, it's something I'm working on. I have three raised beds in my backyard that are used primarily for some pretty tasty lunchtime salads, but yeah, other than that, I'm probably like the average person in North America. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. I appreciate that honesty with that, too. And I, I get that. I think that relationship with food is such, you know, it's such a spectrum. And, you know, like some days we're feeling super attached and super in it and out in our garden every day, connected to it. And then other days it's just like, give me anything to keep me alive. Yeah, yeah totally. Awesome. Well, I'd love if you can talk a little bit more about your journey in creating the FUB and then your other projects, including the app and whatever else you want to talk about. Mm. Yeah. So um, when I was planting in Australia in 2018, 2019, um, yeah, I was super broke a lot of the time. I had no idea what to do with my life, but um, I was traveling across the globe in search of that something. And Yeah, I was 18, so I was pretty bad at grocery shopping. And one day I was just laying in my bed and an entire business plan just popped in my head for this um, grocery shopping slash meal planning app idea. Um, Yeah, and I instantly started writing everything down. And for the next six months, I continued to plant in Australia. And I finished off season in Canada to fund this amazing idea. (laughs) And (laughs) I... I ended up back home with like a good amount of cash and I decided to go all in. Um, I started by attending a seven day series of network and networking and information events at the Vancouver startup week. Um, there I met a lot of people, um, including Coco. Uh, she's the graphic designer for all the infographics you see on our page as well as Keenan. Uh, he's a guy who connected me with this company that I just got that job for as well as they're the team that would help me with this amazing idea I had. <laughs> and, um, yes, this idea is still in the works, but it went to shit due to the amount of budget <laughs> it would take to finish everything I was like imagining. And um, it ended up in this never-ending loop of working with the team on looking for investors that would probably never come. Um hmm. But yeah, then COVID hit and I was watching the news and I saw a story on how people were working together on doing grocery sh- grocery shopping trips for their grandparents or neighbors. And yeah, a little light bulb went off. And the next meeting I had with the app guys, I told them, screw the amazing idea. <laughs> I, I, I have a much easier and cheaper to develop idea that 
it's like a lot more relevant to the situation the world's in right now. And mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah, they, they like loved it and they even offered to become partners on it. And basically what this new idea is, it's um, grocery delivery, but with your friends and family. So uh, let's say you're going to Superstore, you can let everyone know that you're going to Superstore and then um, your contacts can see that and they can send you items that will be added automatically to your list. Or you can offer it to shop for specific people or you can request to sh- have like a specific person to shop for you. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's the idea. Um, yeah, and then around this time too, I came across this lady called uh, Helena Norberg-Hodge um on this podcast with russell brand and um yeah she completely shifted my perspective on my goals with the business as well as my view on what my ideas of solutions were to many social and environmental and economic issues we face today and this led me to creating the instagram page you see today and yeah the app's currently being coded and the instagram page is allowing me to get in touch with people who are on the front lines of the local food movement and yeah, that brings us today. Uh, brings us to to today, <laughs> um, where we're starting to expand uh, the avenues of content we create with our page. And yeah, if you're listening right now, look out for that future podcast with Jasmine and Laja. Um, yeah, ja- Jasmine's just a wonderful advocate for local food as well as a content writer for our page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And I really, I really think that this app could be so great, also for people who are going to like suit like the market and getting local food. And I just see people who don't have access to that can have access because of this app. So I think that that's super duper amazing. For sure. Yeah. It's just like, it, it's a tool. So it's, it, it's not specified to any specific store, but it's just kind of creating, um, yeah, like a connection between people and, um, and like helping each other with a specific task basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what I especially love about this app is how much it builds communities to take care of themselves and empower themselves. So I have another question. What what do you envision this app will do for building your community and what is the ideal outcome from this app? Mm, um, yeah. So one thing we spoke about when designing this app was who would be the people within the app that you could shop for or get shopped for. And Um, We thought about having it as an open thing to all your social media contacts, but we decided on keeping it to whomever was in your phone contacts. Um, This just means the people that you have in general a closer relationship with. Um, What I really want to see with when we launch this app is like an effort and kindness that will hopefully lead to a routine of people helping one another with a single task. And Mm. yeah, um, I hope this will lead to people creating a stronger bond with one another Obviously, the ideal outcome for this app is to see pretty much as many people using it. Um, This will also lessen the amount of people in the grocery stores, as well as reduce the amount of cars going back and forth from home for sometimes like very minor shopping trips that would have easily been done by a person that was maybe already at the store. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. hopefully we can do our part in flattening the curve on a global scale and get people to help one another a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a great thing to note too. Like just with cars and how many bodies are going in the store, this this app seems very adaptive to the world and what's going on right now. And it seems to be the perfect time for it to be released. Yeah, <laughs> that's the plan. <point. laughs> <laughs> 
It really seems like the main focus for a lot of your work and the website or the app that I've seen is that it's really building local food economies and supporting local farmers. So for yourself, why is it important to support our local food producers? Yeah, so like a lot of the content we produce on our Instagram page and um, the long-term goal for everything I'm doing right now is... Yeah, so at the start of this, I said I was a strong advocate for creating strong, circular, and local economies. And I believe to do this, we'll have to create as well as strengthen specific infrastructure to facilitate big change. And the fastest and most powerful way of kicking it all off is by the local food movement. And I believe that buying more of your food from local food producers is the strongest thing you can do to promote change as an individual. Um yeah, our voices aren't being really heard, but our money is. And if we can disrupt the local food market, I I really think it will lead to a very hopeful and positive domino effect in many issues we face today. And that's why I think it's important to support not our, but if you're listening right now, you're local food producers. <laughs> I really, really liked what you said there about we're not our voices are not being heard, but our money is. Mm-hmm. quote Lotaro. I feel like that needs to be <laughs> somewhere I'm yeah, saying like, I don't know like a lot of people we've been fighting for a very long time and it, it always ends up it, it, you always can track it down to where the money is and the consumers mm-hmm. are the money so and the people are the consumers so we decide where our money goes and we can easily make change it's just mm-hmm. Yeah, there's many reasons why we don't. But. <laughs> yeah, and what impacts can you see from supporting our local food economy, both locally and globally? Yeah, so um, let's start with what happens when we support a global food economy. There's like a lot to say about it, obviously, about the health and carbon issues associated with buying produce that is shipped all around the world, but... Um, the main thing I like to talk about is the money. And yeah, there's a growing wealth gap and a super high accumulation of wealth in the less than 1% of society. And yeah, in my opinion, that is because of very good business models built off of human nature and infrastructure we have accepted as normal and essential to our everyday life. Um, yeah, these business models, for example, Costco or Amazon, have become a sort of monopoly due to them having become so large, not due to having done the most work or even offering the best product or service they have become the biggest due to being the cheapest and having the most readily available product or service um yeah so some would say well if they are offering the cheapest and most readily available product that does make their product or service the best i i would agree but the problem i see with giving your money to these types of products and services is that the money that you as a consumer have transacted never comes back to you or your community or the people who are actually the minimum wage workers allowing for that company to run. That's where the benefit of supporting a local food economy come in. Um, In one example, let's say everyone from restaurants to schools or families in your town or city started only eating and selling food that was... um, grown in your bioregion. So for us, it would be the island and parts of the interior. Now, obviously, this wouldn't happen all at once. But what I would want to see is a steady trend in popularity over the next five to 10 years, let's say. Um, This would mean as the farmers get an increase in demand, 
They can adjust their practices by buying more land or new tools or livestock to help lessen their costs and produce more to support a steady growth in consumers for food that comes from diversified, sustainable farming practices. Um, this would provide more jobs in the farming sector as well as keep the money within the communities. This money would be used to constantly improve the prices and infrastructure of your local food market and really show people the benefits of creating strong infrastructure for local consumerism. Um, once people get a true sense of what they can do, change uh, what they can change based on what they decide to spend their money on, I hope through food we can start a renaissance, like I said earlier, in local entrepreneurship and consumerism to really reignite the power of a self-reliant local economy um, where there's an abundance of well-paying, quality jobs and a sense of place and togetherness with your community members. Um, yeah, Martin Luther King said something like, people who love peace must organize like those who love war. And in my opinion, we are at war and you're either on the side of greed and inequality of a fair start or you're on the side of an abundant future where people have a connection with the earth and the people close to them, where we focus on things like arts and science and ecological and product repair, health and well-being. Um, this is all very possible. And when the power to make decisions in your community shifts from whoever has it right now to you, the people who reside within it. Um, yeah, the fastest way to do that too is to like invigorate a local economy. And the fastest way to do that is by empowering your local food economy by voting with your dollar and buying some tasty ass fresh local food. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's my spiel. <laughs> wow. That was a that was a really great answer to that question. I don't even know how to ask the next question. I feel like that was so well, well-rounded. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess the next question is, is the FUB for profit? And if so, why did you make that decision? Yeah, so um, th this is where I get kind of controversial, but stick with me here. So um, I strongly believe that the most social and ecological issues we face today are offsets of a broken economic system. And in my opinion, the only way to change an economic system drastically, for example, in a five to 10 year period, um, you need to have the entrepreneurs that cover most of their market to have their businesses promote and empower a specific change of prioritizing people over stakeholders. Um, like I said earlier, the massive corporations that control the markets they're in are there because of very good business models built off of human nature and infrastructure we've accepted as normal and essential to our everyday life. Um, so yeah, as an activist, I've seen the substantial efforts through past advocates of localization go strongly unnoticed. Um, people have been receiving the messages through mixed protests that all have different messages and online content that is normally very underfunded and has no chance to be advertised due to there not even being an advertising budget in the first place. Um, mm -hmm. What we're left with is tons of resources and answers that are never brought to the public's attention. And even if they are, there's no infrastructure to facilitate change in the mainstream. Um, so this is where I want to come in. And I, I want to premise this with, Everything I'm doing right now barely exists, but I like to make long-term goals and I want to have this on record from the start. So yeah, um, 
I want to make like a suite of online products and services that promote local consumerism, as well as tools for local farmers and restaurants to sell their food as easily and efficient as possible. Um, I want them to find way. I want to then find ways of monetizing all these products and services, and then put the money into multiple things like resources, content creators, like really big advertising campaigns that can compete with the big budgets of all these huge corporations and other entrepreneurs that are trying to create businesses that help with this whole mission. Yeah, so hopefully the FUB can get quite large one day and we can start funding the creation of farms and marketplaces for local produce too. This is why I believe like being for profit can sound greasy when you're an activist, but I want to be a wild card. And yeah, we don't have much more time to stray away from our current path and create a new one. And I believe my plan of attack involves being nonpartisan and just becoming the common sense route for a consumer um, while promoting routines that keep money in a community and extremely decrease a person's carbon footprint. Um, yeah, so just to put that all together, basically, I believe if you control the money and the consumer journey in the markets of an economy, uh, you can change the economy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, great, great answer to that question. And I think that that's, you bring up some really good points about like money, you know, like you can only do so much when you aren't getting paid to do something. And I think that definitely should be recognized And a lot of like social services and nonprofits go underpaid and how much that relates to how much capacity they have is unreal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, this next question is more of a, a dreamy one, you might say, and may take some imagination, but mm. in a dream world, what would the future of our food look like? And what would be different in terms of our access to food and our relationship with local food, both on a ground level and then institutional level? Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, it's like, it's like a dreamy question, but I, I like, I think like dreaming is like a good part of creating change. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, like, what I like to picture is, is like myself being in a town that runs off a lot of renewable energy and has a lot of community gathering places with musicians and artists lining the streets and alleyways, spreading their own message. Um, I like to imagine a long street that is filled with different vendors selling their produce and having long conversations with their customers. Yeah, I like to imagine walking through a town and seeing kids playing around and people smiling at each other as they walk by. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's, it sounds pretty nice, right? But yeah, <laughs> on an institutional level, I would like to see this all being paid for by the community members that live in it because in a local economy, what people spend their money on transfers back into the local, into their own community. And yeah, it's all, it would be a collaboration between the community and their local government that have decided that this is all they wanted from the park benches to maybe a new train connection. Um, But yeah, how do we get there? Uh, We start by building a stronger connection with the people around us and start using our imagination on what a city or town could look like. Just imagine if you could just snap your fingers and change everything. Yeah. What, what would that look like to you? Um, This all happens with the spark of hope and it's pretty much as simple as that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I, I actually love this question. And although it seems dreamy, I really do think what you said, like imagination 
is what leads to change. And it gives us those clear paths to walk forward to get where we want. So that Mm. was great. Thank you. Amazing. Well, I guess we're getting towards the end of this episode, which is crazy. It feels like it flew, flew by so fast. So I guess if the listeners could take two things away from this podcast, just two, what would you want that to be? Yeah, so like like I said, like I, I'm only 20 years old, so I honestly like feel very unqualified and kind of sketched out to speak and present my own opinions. But yeah, I feel like I'm on the right track, though. Um, yeah, my my older brother died pretty randomly last month. And one thing I take from him is that we have to truly start to take care and love each other unconditionally. And yeah, lastly, we need to start putting more effort into our relationships, especially with this whole COVID thing going on. We are as strong as a collective and um, we can honestly shape this world however we want. But the way society has been slowly dividing us over the past decades and making you feel like you're all alone in this (laughs) crazy ride called life, that is what makes you a perfect consumer for this crumbling economy we currently live within. So yeah, just... Go for a swim or a hike with a friend and start loving each other and yourself like a lot more. <laughs> wow, what a what a heartfelt answer. That's a perfect way to end this episode. Thank you so much, Lotaro, for this conversation. I feel like although you may only be so young, you you said so many wise things and it just felt very inspiring. And I hope that that I hope that the listeners hear that too and feel inspired and motivated by what you said. And I also hope that they check out your Instagram page and I'm sure we will be sharing many things as your app slowly unfolds as well. Um, Do you have anything else that you'd like to say or any final comments before we end this episode? Yeah. Thanks for all that. Um, um, Yeah. I, I've done like one podcast before in the past and I was like, I'm always like, I'm very awkward and I, I'm always so ashamed of my voice and stuff. <laughs> but, but yeah, anyways, so yeah, the main purpose of our Instagram page is to act as sort of a mood board to all the topics I discussed today. And it's also a place where you can be the first to hear about any of our future projects. Um, like I said, we're very we're still very new. And if you like or agree with some of the stuff I said today, I would extremely appreciate if you kept up with our posts and left a comment or engaged in a conversation within a post. Um, yeah, you can follow us at the FUB. That's T-H-E dot F-U-B. And yeah, I just really want to emphasize the fact that we have to have hope. And I'm actually very pessimistic about if humans will be able to solve this mess we've been placed in. But yeah, (laughs) fuck it. Might as well fight the good fight and keep yourself busy instead of participating in something you know doesn't make you happy. (laughs) Yeah, so thanks for listening to me. And yeah, let's just start by eating some good food. (laughs) That's the perfect takeaway. Go have some astronaut food or (laughs) zucchini or something. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. Lataro, and I will definitely link the the Instagram in the show notes below, so people can have easy access to that. Thanks so much, Elijah. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you 
you so much for listening to this week's episode of Sprouting Conversations. I had so much fun recording this week's episode, and I really, really hope something within it resonated with you as well. All of the information that we talked about today are in the show notes below, so please check that out. As well, if you want to be updated when we share new episodes, you can follow us on our Instagram or Facebook page, or you can follow our email newsletter. That information will be below as well. Last but not least, we also have many different other projects that we work on besides the podcast. So if you're interested in becoming more involved, please check out our website, which will also be below, where you can learn about all the different things we're working on and how to get involved. Thanks.